Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. This episode's been brought to you by the Raw Raw Spirit Team. Growing your business is just the beginning. Too many business owners try to grow their business on their own. They spend countless hours testing out and investing in hundreds of strategies, all with the aim of building their business. Without support, someone helping to guide you and cheering you on, motivation starts to go down, your passion starts to decrease, you start running out of money and losing faith in your business and yourself. The Raw Raw Spirit Team is a supportive community filled with expert programming, up-to-date training, guest experts, mentorship, and like-minded business owners. This isn't another community and another strategy. This is a serious and supportive community of business owners focused on supporting each other and building their business. You are welcome here. Here and welcome to the show. My guest today is Michelle R. Price, the light worker. Michelle is a passion is Michelle is passionate about all things spiritual and has been seeing and communicating with spirits since she can remember. She specializes in angel card intuitive readings, but she can also do mediumship and past life connections. Michelle has a knack for getting to the root of a problem or any concern that her clients might have, and she's experienced in bringing through confirmation from the spirit world when a connection is made. What Michelle loves most about doing readings is seeing the emotion in people's faces and watching their reactions as she touches on something very personal to them. Being a pranic energy healer, Michelle often picks up on health concerns or improvements that someone might be making or spirit is urging them to make. Her intention is to help the people she reads for figure out how to live their best life possible. Now, Michelle is joining me today. This is uh, her third time actually on the episode. And one of the reasons why I wanted to bring her on is because she's a dear friend of mine. She tells it like it is. I always get such positive responses from the episodes that she has appeared on. And Michelle is a woman of many talents. Many I have read there, but she is also in the middle of um, doing a mentorship program where she actually Mm -hmm. works with people to develop their spiritual gifts. So I asked Michelle to join me on the show today to talk about what are signs that you might have of spiritual gifts? Does everyone have them? You know, and maybe we could talk a little bit about some tips and tricks to get you started. So Michelle, Mm. thank you so much for being on the show today, my friend. Thank you for having me. I feel like a bit of a co-host, Lauren. I think I need an official title or something now that I've been back a couple of times. So (laughs) let me work on that. Yes. Get to work. Yes, exactly. So as I said, we have had a few episodes. I'll put links to those in the show notes for our listener at home. Um, I don't really want to go into too many things we explored in those subjects just because, you know, those episodes are just chock full of value and experience. And I really wanted to take a different angle on this one. So before we kind of get started into the whole world of intuition and spiritual gifts, maybe tell me and our listener at home, if they're not familiar with you, a little bit about yourself and how did you first know you had spiritual gifts that maybe other people around you didn't have. Mm. Yeah, I think it's one of the, it's very common in a lot of uh, people that I speak to when we realize that we have those gifts is that when you go to school and you start talking about the lady who's see-through, who's in your room and people start to get very scared and very afraid and you're like, oh, does everyone not have that? (laughs) Is it just me? So probably that's when I realized what I was doing was a bit different 
And even discovering that I was a Reiki practitioner, I just used to walk up to people and touch them and say, you're really sad or you've hurt your shoulder or, you know, whatever the case may be. And people were like, how did you know that? How did you know that about me? And I was like, I don't know. It's just something I do. And then someone talked to me about Reiki when I was older and I was like, what's that? And I explained it and I said, oh, I've always done that. Like, is that what it's called? So I think it's interesting how we discover our gifts because for me, it's just something that I've always done is being able to sort of see spirit. And for me, it was a great comfort. You know, I grew up as an only child. I didn't have any siblings growing up and it was a little bit lonely. And my mom stayed at home and and didn't work. My dad worked away a lot, so I didn't see much of him. So I just, I guess I had spirit people come in to keep me company. And that's where I turned. I turned to spirit people. I love animals. I also do animal communications and that's like a big part of what I do now. Um, But I've always sort of been able to feel animals. And that's probably another thing is just, you don't realize you've got a gift. You feel like everyone's doing it um, until people react a certain way. And then you're like, oh, okay, this must be something different. (laughs) Yeah. Especially because maybe growing up at the time that you grew up, that would have been like Mm. the eighties. In the eighties. Yeah. You know, that, you know, like now with the internet and everything and these conversations and a lot of the people that have done a lot of the work come out with books and things like that, you know, maybe it's a little bit more kind of mainstream now. Um, but at that time it, it wouldn't really have been because knowledge wasn't as free then. Yeah. Yeah. I think even now, and, and this is just my assumption, but I think even now kids who are gifted don't really talk about it a lot. And there's still a lot of misunderstanding with parents because that's what I deal with a lot with my paranormal work. So a lot of the time parents come over and they're like, Oh yeah, you know, I've taken my kid to the doctor because they're going deaf and they're hearing this ringing and they they feel like there's someone in their room and they won't sleep in their room on their own. They have to have the light on and they've got to have the radio going and all this stuff. And it's just, it's been around for donkeys. You know, that's how I was when I was a kid. So I totally understand all of that, but parents still don't have the skills and the tools to know what to do. So that's part of my role, but also um, my mentor wrote a great book specifically for that um, to help parents deal with uh, children who are going through that. So there's definitely resources available now. And there's a lot of advice that I can give to people that I wish someone told me, to be honest, when I was a kid, because my parents were just like, no, it's all bad. It's all bad. Don't do it. (laughs) And that's not what we want to tell kids because then they switch off that ability. Exactly. Is that Lynn you're talking about? Yeah, Lynn, who you've also had on the program. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well, because that's great. And we do talk about that experience. So, you know, it's kind of funny too, because when you were talking, I was thinking about that, you know, everyone has also different belief systems and different Mm. baggage that they're bringing forward and different programs and past lives and all these sort of dramas and issues that people are dealing with. And then let alone if you aren't used to this world or these kind of ways of thinking, you wouldn't even know where to begin Mm-mm. dealing with a child with gifts. Absolutely not. Yeah. And that's because there's no judgment here. That's the thing. You know, parents come to me because they're desperate and they've got the kid um, that they don't understand. They don't know what to tell them and they're scared and they're sleeping in their room. And we all, I think as parents and we're not parents, but I believe most parents will want their child to sleep in their own space, you know, to have their own room and not be in the, in the bed, the marital bed. So the idea is just to give people the tools that they need. And that's all it is. I mean, people need to be empowered, you know, with knowledge, that's power. So if I can do that and if Lynn can do that through her wonderful book, 
then that's that's awesome and that's certainly what I didn't have when I was growing up and it does make you feel a little bit more alone because you have this gift but you can't really share it you feel like you can't share it and also growing up in church you know I grew up going to church Sunday school and all those sorts of things and I don't know what would have happened if I walked into Sunday school one day and said I've got this lady in my bedroom you know like I don't think that would have gone down so well yeah yeah. so you sort of learn to categorize you learn to put things into categories of I don't talk about this particular thing here and you know you you categorize so that's what I, I feel like I started to do yeah so you kind of talked earlier about how sometimes when our gifts aren't supported from a young age, we might mm. shut them down and, you know, or even if we, if somebody says something to us, we might recognize that, you know, I, I don't want to say a freak, but different or not, mm. you know, the same as other people. And, you know, so you kind of put up these blocks. So I guess I'm curious about, can you undo those blocks yeah. once they've been put up? And do you think that a lot of people have done that? Because I think listening to these, these episodes and speaking with guests like you, sometimes our listeners at home and even myself feel like, well, I want to be able to do that. Mm. Did I put up a block when I was younger and I just don't remember? <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot do. And it's really interesting, Lauren, because when I do healings on people often, or if I go to a house and do a house clearing, sometimes I'll do a healing on the person there. And so many times I've like put my hands on them because sometimes it'll be like a Reiki thing and I'll put my hands on them and spirit drops me back into their childhood. So this happened with a particular lady that I did a, a house clearing for and it was quite sad. It was very interesting actually. And I know um, you like the stories and so I'll, I'll share something with you. Yeah. I went to her house and before I got there, she said to me, my bird died yesterday and I don't know why. I don't know what happened. Is it anything connecting into this energy we have in the home? And when I connected to her home remotely, I'd seen like a wall unit and I showed her a picture. I said, it looks like this. It's got stained glass. It's a little bit different. It's not a mirror, but it's stained glass. And um, I said, the entity is connecting into that. And I said, where did that come from? And she said, Africa. And it was from like some old family, something or other. It's some antique thing. And I said, no, it was actually PNG. It was Papua New Guinea. And I was like, "Mm, I'm really concerned about that. And then right before I got there, she said, my bird died. And she said, I'm worried it might've been like the energy, like, how do I tell the difference? And I connected to the bird's energy and I saw a hand come into the cage and replace my seed and the seed was different. And I said, there's something about my seed. My seed's different. It changed. There's something different and I don't feel well when I've eaten it and then I've died. So I said that to her and she went, oh my God. And apparently she'd gone to the pet store and she'd picked it up, this bag of bird seed. It was like sunflowers. And she had this feeling like, ooh, that's yucky and put it back down. But then she doubted herself, picked it up again, bought it, brought it home, killed a bird. So it was <gasps> full of um, black mold or something. Um, and she had had the feeling. She had the feeling and she ignored it. Spirit tried to warn her. And she wow. said to me, she was heartbroken. She was heartbroken. And I don't blame her. You know, she said, I, I had that feeling and I ignored it. So when nice. I was doing the healing on her, I just thought that was interesting to mention. When I was doing the healing on her, I shot back into her childhood and I saw a dark man standing in the corner of the room looking at me. So her, when I'm in their body, I speak in first person, um, but looking at me and I was terrified and I could see him. He was a real apparition and I could see him just looking and looking and looking. And when I came out of it, I said to her, do you remember this? And she said, I do. And she said it was terrifying. Um, And I shut off my ability. I was, you know, that was like, no, not going to do that. Bang, shut off. So spirit will take me to the point where they've shut off that gift, that ability, and then we heal it from that point. So um, that's 
basically what, what happens. And if someone's on the table, sometimes they'll do the same thing. They'll drop me in or even during a reading, I'll be like, Oh, you've had an experience. You had, you know, someone under your bed, you felt like they're under your bed. I've got to tell you they were, you know, just to confirm and validate that for you. And sometimes people just need to hear that. Some people just need to hear that validation um, as to whether there was actually something there because your parents tell you, no, 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 just go back to bed. There's nothing there. And there was, there was. So that's great. I mean, even as adults, you can heal that because that happened when they were like, let's say four, five, six, seven, whatever it was. And then I'm sitting here, you know, they're adults now telling them you're, you're right. You were right back then. And then that's gone healed. So there are other ways though, as well to heal that. Amazing. So that's a, what a story. That's incredible. Yeah. What counts as spiritual gifts exactly? You just talked about the intuition there, I guess, that inner knowing. But it's, it's the intuition, Lauren. That's, that's all it is. When people say to me, I don't have a gift or I don't feel like I have any gifts, I'm like, do you have intuition? And they're like, well, yeah. And it's like, well, that's it. Everything starts with intuition. If you think about back in caveman days where men would go out and they'd do their hunting and gathering and shooting animals or whatever they were doing with a spear or whatever it was, collecting the food, the women stayed at the nest. The women stayed back at the nest and they looked after the babies and made sure the food prep was done and all those sorts of things. That was their role. And their intuition was the eyes in the back of your head. You know, how many times have we said, oh my gosh, my mum had eyes in the back of her head. You couldn't do anything. You couldn't grab a piece of that, you know, sponge cake she just made. You couldn't grab a scone. It was like, she's not even looking at you. And she knew. She's like, stop doing that. You know, stop, stop scratching that, you know, pulling that bandaid off or mucking around with that, whatever. It's like, how do they do that? They've got eyes in the back of their head. And if you think about evolution, they had to be able to do that because when the dudes are off, you know, hunting, gathering food right. and you're after the babies, you had to know if there was a predator or some sort of threat coming up behind you, you had to have eyes in the back of your head. And right. that's, what I say, that's what I tell my mentorship clients is that's your intuition. That's your intuition switching on. It's when you have your child, your child's injured at a daycare center or something like that. And you feel it you know, you ring them up and you go, what's happened? And they go, wow, I was just about to call you. This just happened. There's countless examples of that happening. And I do use, I guess, women as more of an example of that because obviously men had to have certain instincts, but their instincts were a little bit different. Their intuitions used a little bit differently. So I do work with men and develop those abilities, but men do tend, and I'm saying this very generally, the men that I've dealt with are very afraid quite often of what this is and what this means. And a lot of them feel like they're losing their mind. So whereas women are a little bit more, I just want to learn. I just want to develop it, stuff like that. So yeah, it's really interesting. You know, what's happened to people who don't have that intuition, like who, who second guess themselves, who don't, I mean, is that part of shutting down their gifts early or is that part of just not being self-aware or not listening? Because you know how, I don't know if you've ever had conversations with people, but sometimes people want your advice and Mm -hmm. they're asking everyone their advice. And it's as though they're ignoring their, what they already know to be true. Correct. And I just, I'm curious about that. What distinguishes somebody who listens to their intuition to somebody who doesn't or can't or can't in it all comes down to trust when you go external to yourself and you go to i guess someone like myself or someone like friends and when i say myself i mean i feel like a lot of the people that see me already have what they're thinking in their mind and they just need confirmation i had a, a client i saw yesterday um she's talking about maybe getting rid of her doula and she's pregnant at the moment and um it's just not gelling and so she wanted to know what my feelings were about that. 
And she pretty much had already made up her mind and she just needed confirmation from me to make sure that she wasn't just, you know, uh, pregnancy brain, you know, all of the chemicals, right. all of those things going around. So she just needed confirmation of that, for example. So, and that was pretty quick and simple. So a lot of the time people come to me and they already know it, but what you're sort of talking about is the people who sometimes they, uh, I guess you call it psychic shop, you know, try to shop around to different psychics and get them to tell them what they want to hear. And they're not yes. listening. They've shut down and they're basically just looking externally and that can be super dangerous because you know if you're just going around and around around trying to hear what you want to hear you're going to be spending a lot of money you're going to be spending a lot of money because spirit's not going to necessarily tell you what you want to hear so it really does come back to trusting always intuition is always about trust so when we come up into our brain and we're logical uh, lateral thinking, um, the intellect, you know, all of those things, we're not in the feeling, feelings in heart space, gut, you know, solar plexus. And it really just comes back to trust. And that's not trusting yourself, perhaps not feeling safe in your environment to trust yourself. So, and I believe a lot of that would come from childhood. I believe a lot of that would come Mm. from, you know, someone telling you, you can't, you can't trust yourself or you're a bad person or whatever it is, you know, whatever that negative reinforcement is. I do believe a lot of it comes from back then. Um, but yeah, I, it's just not trusting. That's it. When you start trusting, that's intuition. That's your gut. It's so funny. Cause when you were sharing that story of the woman, um, with the doula, it, what made me think about that was like, sometimes when we've committed to something, we feel as though we need to keep pushing through, you know, <laughs> we've set up a meeting with somebody, we've set up an appointment, we've made a commitment to a course, we've moved in with somebody or whatever, right? And sometimes our intuition is telling us this isn't right, but because we've committed financially or with our time or with resources or we've moved across the world or whatever the case may be, you know, we sometimes feel a certain sense of like, I need to see this through to the end. And, you know, do you think that there is a lot to be said about being able to give yourself permission to change your mind. I guess that comes down to trust again. It, it kind of does. And for me, I'm still working through that. You know me, if I pay a certain amount of money to go to the cinema and see a movie, I'm going to sit through it, whether I hate it or not, because yeah. I've spent the money. So for me, I guess I do still attach to the money, financial things a little bit still. I'm like, if I spend the money, I need to get my money's good. Yeah. Even if I dislike the movie, uh, I also feel like it's polite to kind of sit through it. So I'm still working on that myself. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I agree with you. I think I've learned as I've gotten older. I mean, that's why I was overweight for a long time because I grew up having to finish everything on my plate. So you go to restaurants and they'd like pack your plate full of food. And I would sit there and I'd like, you know, pack it in, pack it in. I'd like be almost like sick and I'm still eating it because I need to finish all the plate of food in my plate. And that just comes from my conditioning. That comes from my upbringing. Yeah. So I've learned as an adult, you know, if I really need to finish it and I can't, I'll just hold it, put it in a little takeaway container and take it home and put it in the fridge. You know, yeah. I don't have yeah. to finish everything in that, in that moment. And I think that's kind of listening, you know, listening to my body and what my body is telling me. 
and uh, and trying to do a little bit more of that for sure. You know what? I like that you were vulnerable there because I think that sometimes, you know, people might look at position like people like you and think that you're perfect and you've Mm -hmm. got it all worked out. You've got these amazing gifts, but you know, if you were perfect or you were complete, you wouldn't be here anymore. I wouldn't be human. Yeah. You would be floating around in the air. Wings. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah exactly and i think yeah. that you know the whole purpose of having the afterlight podcast really mm. is just to give people different perspectives is to give them you know stories that they can hold on to to know that they're never alone and i think the big part is that you know to err is to be human in a way like we're not perfect it's not about that it's about learning and i think that what you said is so important because when you know that you can develop your intuition, you can get reconnected with those symbols and those signs that tell you to trust Mm. that, you know, you can restart really. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to just add something to that because I didn't talk entirely about how to heal that. And one of the great uh, tricks and it's a, a trick of the trade is labradite. So a crystal called labradite, and it's absolutely beautiful. If you get a really lovely one, they have a beautiful blue hue through them. So when you hold them up to the light, often you'll see like this blue, it's like it's got an inner light switched on. And that's actually an amazing shielding stone. It's very good for empaths. So people who pick up energy from other people, it's a bit of a shield and it also acts as a healer. So it actually heals any fear, anything that someone told you about your gift that was bad, negative, whatever the case may be. And it actually heals that and it acts as a shield. So Labradite is a very powerful stone. It also switches on third eye again. So it will give you that third eye connection for a lot of people and make you have more clear visions, dreams, you know, all those sorts of things. So Labradite is an amazing stone. Uh, and Lauren, I felt to just share, because um, I, you know, like to share the stories and you, you have heard this before, but I, I feel to share and, and let me know your feedback, the story about Archangel Michael in that alley that I told you about. On Ooh, share that. Oh, goosebumps. I love that story. I actually have thought about that since you told mm-hmm. that story to me. Yeah. Where I realized like, you know, the angels need to be brought in and they're always around. Okay. You tell the story and then we can talk after. So it's a lot about the intuition and that's what we're sort of talking about today. And that's where I start. So with a mentorship client, I always start with the intuition and work up from that point. Now, the interesting example of how we can use our intuition and a client actually told me this story. It was about a friend of hers and she had been out late at night and she decided to cut, do a shortcut through an alley. And I'm not sure what state she was in. It might've been Melbourne. I'm not sure. Victoria. And she went through this alley and she was sort of walking along, feeling a bit nervous, feeling a bit nervous. And then she looks up ahead of her and she sees a gentleman standing sort of leaning against the wall. And it might've been about three quarters of the way down. And she was sort of walking down and she's thinking, oh, that doesn't feel good to me. So she's like, do I turn and go back this way? But I've really got to go that way because my car's that way or something like that. And so she just said to Archangel Michael, she's like, please, Archangel Michael, please protect me, keep me safe. And so she keeps walking. She's getting closer to this guy. She can tell he's up to no good. He's just got not very nice eyes, not the way he was looking at her. She's like, this is not good a situation. But she kept walking and she walked and she walked and she walked straight past him. And he was looking at her, but she kept going. And she was like, wow, she really felt like he was going to do something to her. Really felt that. And anyway, she made it to a car, drove home, no problem, went to sleep, woke up. And then on the news in the morning, there's two women who've been raped and murdered in this particular alleyway. And she, goosebumps, I just got goosebumps as I was saying that. She 
was like, oh my God, that's the same location where I was. And I saw this guy and then they showed the perp, the guy that they'd arrested and he was in a watch house or whatever. And she's like, that's the guy I saw. So she went to the police station and she said, look, I just wanted to make a statement. I saw this guy as well, but he didn't touch me. And this is what happened. And so they went in and spoke to the man and she, and they said, look, this woman just came to us and said, she saw you in the alleyway. She went down there and you let her go past. And he said, well, yeah. Like he just looking at them like they had three heads. He's like, yeah, she had a seven foot tall guy with her. Why would I touch her? And that's goosebumps. And then the police went back to the lady and said, well, who was the guy you're with? And she's like, oh my God, it was Michael. Oh my God. It's it was so- Michael. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know how she explained that to them um, in a way that they would understand, but I mean, archangels are able to manifest to people like that, you know, people who have not good intentions, they can make themselves appear to people like that because she made the request. And my message from that is a always trust your intuition. Probably don't walk down the alleyway in the first place would be my advice is trust yeah. your intuition. Yeah. And I've certainly used that to get out of a lot of uh, sticky, sticky situations in my life, but B ask for help, ask for help. A lot of people come to me and I'm like, have you asked? And they're like, actually, no, no. Yeah. So ask for help yeah. and be specific. Yeah. That's so good. And that actually would work with wanting to develop your spiritual gifts. Like if somebody's listening to this episode and they want to, maybe Michelle is your woman, you know, to help you to do that. Michelle, you've kind of mentioned goosebumps a couple of times now. Now I'm wondering whether or not goosebumps are signs that you have a spiritual gift or is that sort of validation? Because sometimes I'll be talking to somebody about something And I don't even know why I'm saying what I'm saying. It just Mm. feels right. And all of a sudden I'll get crazy goosebumps. And I always just go, bam, that's my validation that that's That's correct. Is that what you get? Absolutely. Yeah. It's confirmation from your spirit team. So it doesn't mean that uh, someone in spirit has just stepped into the room. It doesn't mean that a past over loved one has just entered my space because I'm always working and same with you. We're always working with our spirit team. They're always there. And that's why I always say ask because otherwise, you know, your guardian angel, your guides, they're all just like hanging around going, oh gosh, you know, passing the time, passing the time, waiting for you to give them a little job to do. So when you're dealing with someone, you know, maybe you're communicating with a friend who's going through something at the moment, they're depressed or their marriage is breaking down, whatever it is, and you're giving them advice. And what Lauren was talking about was when sometimes you feel like that advice is coming from another source, like another area. And it's like, wow, that's really good advice. And I, I don't think that that came from me. It's that kind of knowing, that clear cognizance. And that's yeah. often coming from our spirit team. And so when I say goosebumps, it literally just means that's confirmation. But it does come through that way in, in mediumship. When I've got a spirit in the room, a past over loved one in the room with me, they will give me validation in the same way. So I'll just get goosebumps down both sides of my body, all over. Yeah. And it's like huge, like huge uh, confirmation. Um, yeah. So, yeah. You know, it's yeah. so funny. You just reminded me of, uh, did you ever watch the TV show, The Mindy Project? No, it's oh girl, it's so funny. It's with Mindy yeah. Kaling, and you should watch it just for the fashion. Her outfits are amazing. But anyway, it's one of the best. But in the epi- in one of the episodes, she's like giving advice, and um, at one point she goes, "Isn't it just, <laughs> isn't it just amazing when you realize you're your own role model?" <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, how good funny! Is it? And it's kind of when you were saying there that you know, yeah, I don't always know where this stuff's coming yeah. from. Like it's definitely coming from someone, and I'm, I'm just the conduit for My it. Source. But yeah. when you realize you're your own role model, yeah. 
That's so funny. So just a quick question about angels. Um, When you were talking there about giving them something to do, you know, um, I know Beloved, she was a guest on the podcast. She talked before about how when she gets up, she goes, okay, angels, let's get up to some fun today. Or like she says something like that. that. Yeah. And so I realized, I go, okay, I guess the way that I interpreted that is that every day you wake up, you kind of reactivate your connection. So you kind of go, yeah, we're gonna, I really want you to call in and help me today. And so I'm wondering whether or not you need to give them specific jobs or just general. Cause one of the things that I do is help me to create opportunities, help me to spend my time on things that are going to advance myself, da, da, da. Mm. Um, but do you need to be really more specific or can you just say, Hey, can you work with me today? Is there kind of any rules? No, or I mean, I try to make things as easy as possible or otherwise if it's like work, people aren't going to do it. So the way that I use the example I use is since I was made redundant and I've been doing this full time for seven months is I say to spirit each week, I do it weekly. Uh, please provide, or thank you for providing because we do it as though it's already happened. Thank you for always providing exactly what I need in terms of money and giving me the ability to continue to pay the bills and things that I need to pay. Thank you in advance and let it go. And so I speak as though, yeah, it's already happened. And then I allow spirit to sort it out. I tell spirit, please um, sort out my calendar or thank you for sorting out my calendar. Thank you for sorting out my appointments. Um, Sometimes I have cancellations or someone reschedules and I'm like, great, or something different is going to happen in that space. And often I'll find like someone will reschedule and move to next week and then someone else really needed that spot. So I find that spirit makes allowances for that. You know, if someone really needs it more immediately, the other person can schedule for next week. So I just allow all of that to happen. I mean, I do it with everything though, like everything. I just put it all into their hands and that is trust. You know, that is definitely trust. But even during mediumship, like if someone says to me, Michelle, what's the name of my unborn child or what gender are they? Or when's my son going to get out of jail? There's a lot of pressure on me then to get that information. So I hand that to my main uh, guardian angel, who's a native American Indian uh, my main guide, I should say, not guardian angel, my main guide. And, um, and I just ask him to get the information for me. And then I distract myself over here and then wait for that information to drop in and then I pass it on. So an example of that, which is big goosebumps, is uh, a lady who had lost a child many years ago. She had a boy and a girl survive, but she'd lost a um, child in miscarriage. And I said, I've got a little girl here. She looks like she's your daughter. She looks like A, B and C. I showed her a card. I pulled a card and it looked a particular way. And I I held that up and I said, this is a girl I'm looking at. She's just pulled this card out of the deck and she burst into tears. And she said, Oh my God, that's an exact replica of my daughter, my surviving daughter. And she said that she knew that she was having a girl, but, and it was a miscarriage. And so I said to her, look, she's a girl. She looks exactly like your daughter. And based on what you said, and she said, what was her name? And this is amazing. And I said to my guide, my main guide, I said, can you get me a name, please? And now I've got a girl named Kayla, who's Canadian in my uh, mentorship group from last season, last um, time I did it. So they told me Kayla, because that's a name I recognize, but the first letter's different. The first letter's different. It's not there or something like that. So I passed it on to her and I said, look, um, this lady named Kayla, that's what they're talking about. And then the first letter's not right. And she went, oh my God. And she said, it's Ayla, it's Ayla. And what that meant to her was her mum had wanted to call her, her name's Rebecca. Her mum had wanted to call her Ayla when she was born and her husband disagreed. Rebecca's dad disagreed. So they called her Rebecca. 
And so Ayla was the name she was meant to get. And the little girl came in and said, my name's Ayla. So, you know, and it's oh very- Oh my God, that's so her. emotional. I know. I've never even heard a name like that before. Like I've ne- literally never heard that name. So, yeah. And that's how they give it to me. They give me a name that's like that. Um, so Peter, Peter Pumpkin Eater was what I heard the other day. And the person's name is Peter. So they'll always give me like a little rhyme or a little something um, or a celebrity name often uh, to be able to get to the actual name of the person. So I hand all of that over dates, names, all that stuff, guys, you can handle that please. Um, And then I just wait for them to drop the information back in. So that's absolutely incredible. Are your gifts always on or do you put up boundaries? Cause when we're talking about developing gifts, you know, I'm sure some people would think to themselves, well, I don't want to be on all the time or I don't want to be on call all the time, or I don't want to be lying in bed and have somebody in my room. Hmm. It's a good question. I actually find because I do readings a lot during the day that the time when the spirit, the people who haven't come through the spirit, people passed over loved ones who haven't come through for those particular readings, but they really have a message for someone else I've read for before. They generally come through in the bath. So pretty much every time I have a bath, I'm sitting in there relaxing, meditating, listening to music, whatever it is pretty much they'll all come in and they'll queue up and they'll be like, hello, you need to tell so-and-so this. Hello, you need to tell so-and-so that. And uh, it always happens because yeah, when I'm in the bath, that's the only time I'm not connecting officially, you know, for work and stuff like that. And I'm I'm just relaxing and and whatever. But uh, one of the most amazing things, and he's visited me a few times, is a gentleman who actually took his own life, which is quite sad, but his partner came to see me. And unfortunately, this is a good example of, um, you know, what you should and shouldn't do in a reading. She didn't tell me anything and she just didn't want to give anything away. But she said, I really want to connect with um, someone in particular. And she didn't even say that. She just said, whatever comes through. So I was just doing a general sort of reading cards you know, all of that stuff. And then at the end, she said, I'm really disappointed because I wanted to communicate with my partner who took his own life. And I was like, oh, as soon as she said that, goosebumps. As soon as she said that, it was just like all my hair, everything. And I went, oh my God, he's here. But it was, it was over. I had to go do another reading. So I was like, I can't read for you. That night he came to me while I was in the bath and he, uh, he was a smoker. So he was like smoking. And that's how I, I said to her, this is what he looks like. He's a smoker. He's dressed like this. He's lean. He's tall. La, 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 la. And uh, he gave me all this information. He was still a bit angry at that point. I said, come back and see me in a couple of weeks. And during the reading, I'd said to her, um, I kept saying to her, get a dog for your youngest because there was a two-year-old daughter involved and she was really reacting after her dad left. She was just not understanding and just acting out. And so I said, you need to get a dog for, for your daughter. I don't know why, but I just keep feeling that for you. Anyway, she comes back two weeks later, she walks in and the guy comes in and he says, take the dog for a walk. And, I, and I'd forgotten about a conversation two weeks earlier So I said to her, take the dog for a walk. Does that make sense to you? And she was like, oh my God. And she said, he got me the dog. She literally was walking down the street and someone walked up to her and said, can you take this dog? We need to get rid of it. We can't have it. We can't like live in this house with this dog. You need to take it. And it was a little like, it was very expensive, a $3,000 dog. It was like a little, um, one of those Labrador cross poodle things, Labradoodle or something. And it was like a puppy, like new $3,000 worth, whatever. And they just said, we have to get rid of it. So she got it for free, takes it home. Her daughter is a different person, like changed. So all that happened in that two week period. And I said to her, it's very specific. I said, come back and see me in two weeks. And all of that happened between then and now. And I'm just goosebumps everywhere. Anyway, he comes back to me in the bath probably a few weeks after that. And he said, um, happy anniversary tea. And he held his hand up in a, like a timeout sort of thing like that. Happy anniversary tea. 
and he had a bottle of wine cooling on ice in a hotel room type thing he showed me. And so I messaged her and I said, oh, he just told me this. And she goes, oh my God, Michelle, she said it was our anniversary today and I've been having a really rough day. Really oh my rough. God, it's so like makes me want to cry. I know. And he keeps doing it. He wished um, his little girl, the youngest one, the two-year-old, he wished her a happy third birthday. And that was uh, one day before her birthday. He said it's in one day, one day or something like that. And I told her and she goes, that's it. That's correct. Um, so wish his little girl a happy birthday. So he comes back all the time, you know, and I'm okay with that. But we do have to sometimes say, like, if I'm about to go to sleep and I have all these people in my room, I do have to say, look, guys, can you like come back tomorrow, come back when it's a better time, you know, bring your loved ones here, you know, so I can read for them and, and we can connect in that way. But I do, I do say no, I do shut it off. Um, but when people like that come in, I'm happy to pass the message on because I feel like she needed to hear that, you know, she's going through something traumatic. She's a single mum now. So I feel like it's really important, you know, to pass that on and I will always do that. That's my, my job. That's amazing. So as people develop their spiritual gifts, would they ever have the ability to do the same work as you're doing? Because, you know, she might eventually go, I want to be able to communicate directly with him myself. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I do mentorship for. That's the reason I teach is so that people can communicate with their own loved ones and they don't have to come and see someone like myself. And, and having said that, I mean, I read for a lot of my mentorship clients. I've got one today. I had one yesterday. I read for a lot of my mentorship clients still. So, I mean, even though they're learning to do it themselves and they're learning to connect and trust their intuition more and things like that, it is still very hard to read for yourself. That's the thing. So they might be able to help yeah. their friends, might be able to help, you know, people outside of their family and stuff like that. I still find it difficult to read and understand things totally for myself because it's a bit too close. Yeah. So yes, you can communicate with your loved ones and I can teach people how to do that. And that's, that's perfectly okay. But in terms of really knowing if that's the right job for you or if that's the right house for you, sometimes it does pay to get an external source to confirm that. But absolutely, anyone can do what I do. Anyone can learn how to. Um, I actually told her because she, the girl that I'm talking about with the um, partner who committed suicide, her ears were ringing and she was getting a lot of goosebumps and things like that. And I said, hon, he's trying to communicate with you. So all you need to do is give your ears permission to hear and it will start to, you'll start to have messages land in your head. But I said, it doesn't, it's not overnight. Like you do have to practice this for a long time. Sometimes it takes longer than um, others and it's just trusting and letting go. So it's the individual, but um, yeah, uh, I actually should touch base with her and find out how she's going with that. But her ears were ringing like crazy after I communicated that last message to her. She's like, oh my God, my right ear, my right ear and my right is masculine. So that's, that's him trying to communicate with her. Wow. It's amazing what you've been able to do for other people, like communicating those messages to them. Mm -hmm. I'd love to know how you define spiritual gifts. Like, are there different types? I know you kind of talked about the clairs there. Is it mm -hmm. worth mentioning the clairs? Are those kind of how you sort yeah. of summarize all the gifts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I believe most of it comes from uh, the intuition, first and foremost, but the clairvoyance yeah. is the biggest one, really. Um, the clairvoyance controls dreams, visions. Uh, seeing auras, um, you know, all of that sort of stuff comes from clairvoyance. And I actually, one of the tips that I use for that is I walk the dog and I close my eyes. Um, so not the whole walk, but I'll close my eyes, see how far I can get and, and be able to do not do it the whole walk. Sorry. No. And if you're in a busy, busy road, main road, don't do it. Not in the highway. Yeah. Uh, but it is a really good test of our using oh. that, you know, that ability here because the clairvoyance, even though not everyone develops it in the same way, some people are more empathic. 
So some people will feel clear empaths, they'll feel. But what's really great about when you're doing it in a mentorship group style like we do is when you are traveling, so we do a little bit of um, guided meditation where we come out of our bodies and sort of go somewhere and have a look around. And when you've got clear empaths, uh, clairvoyants who are the seeing, uh, clairsentient, which is the feeling, clairgustient, which is the taste, um, everyone has different abilities and different strengths. And I think once you work together in a group, you can mesh all of that together and you can form a whole picture. So it's like, I always say, it's like putting flesh on the bones. So really fleshing something out. Um, and I quite like that, you know, so I think everyone can work together with whatever their abilities are, but it does, whether you're clairaudient or whether you're clairvoyant, it does really depend on what you like in real life or, you know, if it's a smell, clairsentient. Um, I have an amazing sense of smell. I'm very auditory because I worked in radio for a long time and I'm clairvoyant because I worked in, um, you know, a lot of courtrooms and things like that, where I had to be able to sort of lip read and see also how people are interacting with each other. If I'm in a courtroom where there's a defendant, I want to make sure I'm not at risk if I go and approach him and things like that. So I do watch, I'm very observant. So all of those skills are the ones I probably use the most. Uh, and the clear empath wasn't necessarily a big part of journalism. Being empathic wasn't a big part of journalism. So I didn't really develop that until I was doing this full time. But I find, yeah, when you're working with groups, everyone has their own little gift and then you combine it and it's like putting flesh on the bones. Wow, that's amazing. That's poetry. Mm. That's absolutely incredible. All right. Well, Michelle, I know you have a reading coming up, so we'll <laughs> have to wrap this up. I could really talk to you for hours. Um, I will say to our listener at home that if you did like, you know, mine and Michelle's chemistry, we actually do have a podcast together and it's called Business in the Front party in the back and we basically yeah. go over business and all things spiritual in the one place so mm -hmm. you know if you have a business if you're interested in growing yourself in that way and you also want more stories like the one michelle sharing um has been sharing check out the podcast and i'll put a link to that in the show notes here as well now michelle you did mention that you have a mentorship i mentioned it as well can you tell me a little bit more about that and also i know that you are offering a free 15 minute mini reading for anyone who mentions the afterlight when they book with you. Can you talk yeah. a bit about that for a minute? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the mentorship is helping you discover your gifts. And as we just alluded to with the Claire's, different people will have different strengths in, in various areas and that's all good, but we can actually develop different gifts that you may not necessarily have as a strength, as a natural strength. So I help people discover their gifts, develop their gifts. And we just have a lot of fun. We do a lot of practical stuff, a lot of, um, there is some theory, but I do like to have that sort of practical getting your hands into it, doing, you know, cause I learn by that I'm more tactile. So I like to do, I don't like to just listen to someone ramble on. Yeah. So that's how I sort of structure my mentorship. It goes over 10 weeks and it works out in groups to be about, you know, 20 or 30 bucks a week, which is pretty good. And one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one is a little bit more than that, about 60. So, you know, that's, I think, pretty reasonable. And that's for an hour. And that's just week by week, um, over 10 weeks. So if you feel to do that, then um, that would be amazing. I'd love to see you. And yes, I will uh, offer a free 15-minute connection to anyone who mentions the afterlife as well. So Perfect. And I'll put a link to all that in the show notes as well. And, you know, I guess the thing is that, you know, when you are learning to develop your intuition and your trust, there are only good things that can come from that. Would you say, yeah. Michelle, it Absolutely. can kind of short, short, put you on the short track to Correct. where you want to be. Right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well yeah. put. Well put. Wonderful. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Lauren. Hi. Thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. 
If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.